What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hey there, happy whatever day it is. Happy Sunday, happy weekend, happy Thursday, happy Tuesday, wherever on this planet or in our universe you are. You are listening to the Bower and Rose podcast, the Bower and Rose show on Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125, and justthenews.com, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, uh, what are the other, I keep asking Bauer for the other the other uh, platforms where our podcast is available, which is a rather stupid question. It's kind of like asking, well, I'm trying to think of a good analogy to demonstrate how... I'm sure you'll come techno, up with something. <laughs> techno, I would say illiterate, but that's slightly, that's a slight exaggeration. I mean, you can recite the letters of the technological alphabet. You just can't read any of the words. You know, I got to review your contract to see what the uh, firing for cause is. Uh, I don't need this abuse fall away from Indiana. I can I can get plenty of homegrown abuse. Thank you very much. Well, for the amount for the amount of money you make, I think you would be somewhat grateful for this opportunity be, to be abused in such a nefarious fashion. Well, yesterday. Well, go ahead. No, you, you go ahead. You're going to set the stage. I, I think I know what you're going to begin with, but maybe I'm wrong. And so let's see what it is. Um, would the would two words give you a hint, Christopher? Ray? Yes, that's that's what I was hoping you would start with. Well, yeah, I mean, this is what we're going to start with, because I found it. I didn't watch all of it. It was almost six hours, I guess. I watched a bunch of clips and have read subsequently the FBI director who, in all fairness, was appointed by my favorite president, Donald Trump. In 2017, 2018, at, at the advice concerned. of uh, uh, Chris Christie. Seriously, I was told at, that today. Do you have a different version? I do. Okay, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm afraid to. Well, he was endorsed by Ted Cruz and Marco. Um, so we can we can deal with that. They might have a different take, but what struck me was. Not simply the smugness or the arrogance of the FBI director, but the sense that somehow he will determine what his constitutionally superior authority, namely the Congress of the U.S., congressional oversight, uh, he will determine what they can or cannot know. I just found it, and the media, the, the media reportage, even the corporate media, kind of nailed him for being non-responsive when in fact Gary my take was that he was incredibly responsive he was very responsive his response was screw you that was it repeatedly to argue that he didn't know any of the statistics that were constantly thrown at him by congressman gates and on the left congressman uh what's her name the bald woman yeah you um, gotta learn you gotta say uh, more just a lot of those now <laughs> no, I mean, it was I, I found it just incredibly contemptuous. 
a great opportunity to score points by uh, Republicans. And then I'm wondering, so what? We score points. What difference does it make? It doesn't make any difference. Yeah. Well, Tom, first of all, everything you said is is correct. Jonathan Turley, you know, who leans right of center, but is certainly not um, like you and I are. You know, he's not engaged in the ideological battle every day. He's uh, a professor at George Washington University. He's a great legal analyst. He'll, he'll sometimes take positions that irritate me because I, I do approach these things ideologically. I want one side to win and another side to lose. He attempts to give a modicum of, of, you know, being not, not having a dog in the fight, but he, he was interviewed last night on, I think, Hannity and then interviewed again this morning. And he said, look, that that was that was an unbelievable performance and and the 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 congress the house of representatives has a decision to make he is treating them the congress and the american people particularly conservatives as if we're chumps he totally said so what are you going to do about it and tom we we've seen this 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 was a summer repeat Right. This is how he approaches hearings. And quite frankly, as it's the way previous FBI directors approach hearings, you're asked a question and here's here's your uh, list of potential answers. I understand your concern, uh, but I really can't say anything about that because it's currently under investigation. Well, we're not asking you to tell us the results of the investigation. We're just asking you to tell us what do you think about this thing you're investigating? I'm sorry, I, I can't address that. Um, well, okay, uh, what about this? Uh, well, as you know, um, I have got to be very careful to not uh, disclose or unmask assets that the FBI has and uses for law enforcement purposes. So I can't answer your question. And then third, hmm, I don't know anything about that. Or I don't recall. And the things he's saying that about, Tom, is there's only two very bad options on this. He was asked whether he was aware of the fact that the FBI, without a warrant, had gone to credit card companies and asked them to provide to the FBI all credit card charges made for whatever reason by anybody within uh, the Washington, D.C. area on the day of January 6th. And he goes, uh, huh, like, boy, that's a new one on me. I've never heard about that. Um I, uh, I, 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 I've not heard anything on that. And they go, well, we, we've heard because here's the letters from the credit card companies. They got them in their possession. You know, the hearing before this, uh, they said, uh, are you aware that the FBI, without a warrant, went to telephone, telephone providers and got the phone records of every American within two miles of the Capitol building on January 6th? Well, I, I'll have to go back to my office and, uh, and check on that. Now, are there literally people in the FBI who have heard enough from Ray to believe that they can do warrantless searches 
of hundreds of thousands of Americans, and they don't even have to run it by him because he's already said to them, whatever you have to do, you should do. Then there's a category, Tom, of just outright lying. He, he said uh, when they confronted him with the pressure the FBI uh, put on social media platforms to censor the American people, he said, no, no, we do not censor the American people. The only thing we are trying to do is get foreign disinformation, Russian disinformation off of American social media platforms And when we contact social media companies, we don't tell them to take them down. We just we just say, um, look, we're we're giving you a heads up. Obviously, it's your purview to do whatever you want. And as you know, Tom, often the FBI, when they make these contacts in the social media platforms, are talking to former FBI employees now working for social media platforms. And quite frankly, they still may be FBI employees. And, well, just think for a moment. I don't know. um, Just think for a moment about the intimidation factor. If somebody comes to you and I'm from the FBI and I have the power of the federal government and the Justice Department behind me to say, uh, listen, Gary, you know, we're downwind of some stuff that makes us a little uncomfortable. You might want to think about that before you post. What impact do you think that's going to have? Now, we've got this deadline looming at the end of the year for reauthorization of this, this surveillance program that's called Section 702 of the, the uh, uh, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, which I will admit I used to be a strong supporter of. I'm not anymore. And I think if there's one bit of positive news that came out yesterday, it was the evidence that opposition to 702 is growing on both sides of the aisle. He was peppered with questions about massive recent abuses of the system that he refused to even acknowledge. Now, there are several ways to deal with these charges of of, uh, unauthorized, if not illegal, actions. One is to say, you know, we are aware of this. We've taken X, Y, and Z steps. I mean, Chris Christie may feel free to, to come out and immediately defend the FBI and Christopher Ray and give him a tabula rasa, give him an A, he's done a great job. But that doesn't change the fact that these illegal or unauthorized searches that the FBI has been behind now reach, the low estimates are 250,000. Yeah. The high estimates are more than a million. A million unauthorized searches of private data of American citizens. Totally outrageous. What happens to the results of that? Who knows? Uh, searching a database. I, the, the FBI applies these algorithms to search these databases for any information they can get on Americans with no evidence of a crime, no reason to suspect any foreign contacts. And Chris, I don't know why I'm, I'm harping on Chris Christie. Chris Christie gets on TV on every network he can. Apparently, he can't either fit into an airplane seat to go to Iowa or New Hampshire. He's done no ground campaigning. He's just on mainstream media, corporate media outlets, trashing Trump and now defending the FBI. Yeah, Tom, look, he's uh, my view is my opinion is. He's been given some big money promises by some big money people 
to take down Trump in the way that only Chris Christie can take down Trump. But in the process, I think his marching orders are also, and this is where it might get a little uh, dicey here for you and I and for others that we know, to reestablish the old Republican Party. This is a big part of all this. The old Republican Party instinctively knee-jerked, and I was one of them at the time, like you just confess, I'll confess too, we're the party that supports the FBI. We're the support, the party that supports the CIA. We're the party that supports federal law enforcement agencies who have been empowered to go get the bad guys. And after 9-11, we, everybody wet their pants to give that federal bureaucracy even more power so we could get, you know, Allah Hamahiyu in Afghanistan or Iraq or wherever. We got to get them. There could be another attack any day. Oh, uh, you know, I agree. I agree. But uh, we, we need to have some safeguards. Oh, don't make the safe. We've got the safeguards. First of all, we're going to have these independent courts, these FISA courts, and these are judges, and they will question every step we make. And then, of course, Mr. Congressman or Mr. Senator, we've got you. You have oversight. We are required to come up here and answer questions. And we find out, Tom, what, whoa, what a surprise. The FISA courts are a joke. They don't even complain when they are deceived by the FBI. There wasn't a word out of the FISA judges. And then second of all, the FBI, there must, when Ray was elevated to be the director, he probably was given a little five-page pamphlet uh, containing the things learned by previous FBI directors. Here's the five ways you prevent the United States Congress from actually having oversight. And so, Tom, we're back in what every free society, a question every free society has to ask. Who guards the guardians? The people that we give incredible power to, to keep us safe. Who keeps us safe from them as they are wielding that power to keep us safe? And Tom, we're failing the question. We are as much, I believe, we are as, in as much danger of losing our liberty to the people we have empowered to protect our liberty than we are to lose our liberty to our foreign enemies. So we're in a fix. We're in a mess. And, and every Republican presidential contender ought to be addressing this, signaling that that individual understands the threat we are facing from federal law enforcement agencies and needs to be on the record as saying what they will do about it if they are fortunate enough to get the nomination and become president of the United States. And even even congressional leaders, even leaders in Congress, I mean, we have a a a Russiagate repeat waiting to happen. Director Ray on Thursday or Wednesday or whenever it was. Uh, just literally spews absolute falsehoods uh, under oath to Congress about how this agent cited for misconduct in the Russia investigation 
Christopher Ray permits to perform high-level work on another investigation, this one involving the Biden family, which explains why nothing has been done about the Biden family. You had uh, Congressman Roy, Congressman Gates, Congressman Jordan, others at this hearing asking the obvious 10,000 elephants in a single room question about Biden family corruption. The evidence absolutely overwhelming, far, far more. Look, Crossfire Hurricane was a, a paid for fake dossier that said that Donald Trump is compromised to Vladimir Putin and the Russians because on a visit to a hotel in 2015 while trying to, to, to do a deal, prostitutes urinated on the bed of Donald Trump. Okay, Who's a germaphobe, hey, by the way. Yeah, a total fraud. It's it's absolute lie. The passport's verified he wasn't even there. It's a total joke. That then was used to gin up a two and a half year, $100 million investigation into Donald Trump's collusion with the Russians. And we have a laptop that the FBI has been sitting on for two and a half, now three years from Hunter Biden with emails, with financial transactions. Ray offers no insight whatsoever into what, if anything at all, the FBI is doing to investigate these serious allegations of illegal foreign lobbying, illegal money laundering, uh, drug use, uh, gun crimes, evidence of misconduct that in, that that mounts by the day and races. I'm not going to confirm or deny uh, who's under investigation. Ray stated the investigation into Hunter's activity and the Biden family's activity. And really, this is I I do it myself and I apologize this isn't a Hunter Biden situation. This is a Joe Biden situation. Um, and, and Ray refuses to discuss it. Right. If, if you or I had been accused of anything remotely like this, the game would have been over months or years ago. He did the same thing with the January 6th plants that the FBI sets a quota target like Stalin did for manning. Uh, the Gulag, when he was trying to build uh, the White Sea Canal that took over 100,000 innocent Soviet lives. Give me, uh, I need 10,000 prisoners. I need 100,000 prisoners. The FBI says, we want to indict 1,000 people for January 6th. Are there 1,000 people to be indicted for January 6th? Who knows? Who cares? The point is, I want my number. They try, If you're within two miles of the Capitol, if you're switching trains at Union Station and you happen to be in Washington on January 6th, you're going to get indicted. But they can't find out whose cocaine it was in the White House. And the reason they can't find out is because they don't want to find out. They already, You and I have talked about this. They already know damn well who it was. They're not telling us for obvious reasons. They don't want to, they don't want to embarrass the staff. They don't want to embarrass the president. No answers from this guy whatsoever. And as you ask, what will the consequences be? My fear is that there won't be any. Yeah, I, I agree, Tom. I, I, my, that's my fear, too. And look, I, I don't know if the if our Republican leaders in the Congress understand this. It's not enough to do hearings in which it's absolutely clear that uh, people like Ray are deceiving the Congress and the American people. It's not enough to do that. In fact, it actually will hurt the Republicans. 
if that's all they do. Because every time they have a hearing where the, the perfidy of the, the uh, perfidy of the of somebody like perfidy of somebody like Ray uh, is so evident, but nothing happens to him. It demoralizes our voters and it makes some percentage of them just throw up their hands and say, I, I'm done. I'm, I'm done giving money. I'm done being told I've got to vote because this is the election. It will change. I'm going to hunker down, take care of my family, take try to take care of my business and protect us. And whatever's going to happen is going to happen because these these jokers don't have a clue on how to fight as hard as the people trying to remake America into an authoritarian, completely secular state fight. They know how to fight. They're willing to do anything. We are still, I, you know, Tom, I bet there's a group of Republicans that got elected in this last cycle, probably mostly from states like New York, where we had like five or six surprise victories. They don't want to go down this road. They're afraid if their opponent can run ads saying, uh, defund the police. This guy wants to defund the FBI, that, that they'll lose their seats and we'll lose control of the House. Well, if you can't show any real results on the, the most important battle going on in America, yet, you know, then, yeah, you're going to probably lose the House anyway. This is it's just it's beyond disgusting. He was asked about. The um, scandal out of the Richmond, Virginia office where they they you know they wrote a memo about the necessity to infiltrate traditionalist Catholic churches that still believed in the Latin mass because they believed there was some link between Catholics that are fundamental on this question and domestic terrorism. So the, the, the memo gets leaked out by uh, somebody in that office, and uh, all Hades broke, lo- broke loose. Ray had a previous— let me, let, me, let, let me interject just one second. This wasn't just a one-off agent writing a memo. It was seen and approved up the chain of command by five levels of authority. Right. Five people senior to the original initiator of this memo signed off on it. Yep. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Ahead. No, that that's an important point to make. Uh, Ray, we when he was asked about this before, said well, this was I was outraged, you know. So it, we've, it's like five or six months later now. Yeah. You know, Director Ray, what? Where are we on that? We want to talk to the people that were involved in this. Well, I, I can't allow that because it's under investigation. It's under investigation. Tom, this is a 48-hour investigation. This has been going on for seven months. The document was leaked in January. Ray defended the FBI's conduct, defended the FBI's conduct trying to plant moles, trying to plant informants inside churches, and then he declines to criticize the, uh, I think it was Philadelphia, the FBI field office that... Mm -hmm arrested this pro-life activist, uh, Mark Houck, at his home in front of his seven children after Houck had already volunteered to turn himself in that morning on charges that, that critics said were overly harsh in the first place. He was acquitted by a jury, but his life is ruined. He's bankrupt. He's broke. They had to sell the house, the whole business. And then 
Ray, again, refuses to, to criticize. Yeah, he said uh, in answer to a question, oh, well, decisions on how many armed uh, agents need to uh, serve an arrest warrant is left up to the local FBI office, which is, I mean, Tom, it's infuriating. I, you want to reach to the the TV set and grab him by the neck, you know? I mean, it, it's... Yeah. So, uh, Andrew Weissman... Uh, does a, a tweet yesterday after the hearing. And he goes, um, as I watched these congressmen grill Director Ray, I couldn't help uh, but recall that there, it's a crime to, after the fact, aid a person who committed a crime. So he's suggesting that the Republican congressman, by going after Ray on what has happened to Trump, what's happened to uh, Carter Page, what's happened to a number of other people in, in recent years, that the Republican congressman, by bringing these things up to Ray, may in fact be guilty of the crime of aiding a person who has committed a crime, which would be Trump and these other individuals. So, so, Tom, isn't it interesting? I mean, Andrew Weissman is one of the guys that's always out there talking about protecting our democracy. Isn't it ironic that all these people that keep talking about protecting our democracy are so anxious and desirous of arresting their political opposition? Uh, the FBI... Uh, was directly involved in raiding uh, President Trump's home. We just talked about the Hout case. And the establishment now wants us all to, everything's fine. There's no, you know, move along. Nothing to see here, folks. The FBI, they're doing their job. And this isn't even just the FBI. We can go on and on. This uh, 300-page Durham report just littered with wrongdoings. And then why are there no indictments? Well, there were indictments, but of course they were brought before a D.C. jury in a city that was 96% pro-Hillary. A Republican can't get a fair trial in the District of Columbia. I mean, those numbers in a quote-unquote fair election, uh, the Soviets never got, you know, in their fake elections, they didn't get those kinds of numbers. That the establishment will come to raise defense by saying, well, look, he's put all these changes, all these reforms in place. Everything is every, you know, none of this stuff can happen again. None of the people have been replaced. Nobody's been fired. In fact, those the most guilty have been reported. These reforms that Ray has put in or says he's put in, I don't think mean a damn thing. They they haven't gone away. Maybe some of the names have changed, but none of the. No. None of the underlying allegations have been uh, responded to in, 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 a, in a fashion that ameliorates the damage. I mean, look what Jack Smith has gotten away with. Prosecutorial misconduct, violating every provision of due process, uh, threatening um, Walt Nauda's lawyer with offering him, rather, a federal judgeship if he agrees to testify against Donald Trump. I mean, that should immediately throw the case out right there. The case, be, the case ought to be over. You're absolutely right. It, it, we, we have let criminals and thugs walk because of that kind of prosecutorial or law enforcement misconduct. 
It's just, it's one of those things that tends to drive Americans crazy. Oh, come on. I mean, this little technicality. Now the guy's not going to. Tom, I mean, this is, this is the biggest thing facing America. And we have got Republicans of some import who still can't make the adjustment that because they're for law and order and because they stand with the police and our brave FBI uh, agents and the dedicated people working at the CIA, they can't make the adjustment to being in favor of all those things doesn't include being in favor of all of those things when and if they become corrupted. Then if you're in favor of law enforcement and all those things, you've got to lead the reform charge to get the corruption out. We should be leading that watch, charge. Of course, I didn't watch all six hours or five hours or whatever it was. So, so maybe the answer to this question is yes. I don't know. Did anybody ask the director, are you going to... Uh, implement the attorney general's memo on uh, parents at school board meetings, targeting them as potential terrorists. I, I don't know if anyone asked him that question. I, I, I don't know how this hasn't become a much, much bigger deal uh, than than it was. But yeah, let me we have an, Yeah, let me let me give a quick answer. I didn't listen to all of it either. I mean, literally, I would be hospitalized if I did that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's there's only so many blood pressure pills you can take. Uh, you know, so at any rate, I know that somebody said to him, one of the congressmen said to him, uh, "Did FBI agents actually go to school board meetings to monitor?" Okay, what, so they did ask. Well, they asked yeah, that, okay. you know, where do you, to monitor uh, what was going on at the school board. And uh, and Ray said, "We never sent agents into any school board meetings to monitor what was going on in school boards." I, I bet that's a bunch of. It's it's a lie. You know what? Within twenty, with less than twenty four hours, a FBI whistleblower that has already gone public said on other issues said. That is a lie. In the office I worked in, our anti-domestic terrorism working group sent agents in to monitor what was going on at school boards. So does he not know that? No, I, I can't believe he's that unhands off that he doesn't. I mean, I would think he would call his key people in and go, this school board thing has become a big partisan issue. I don't want anybody going in those school board meetings unless I know what the reason is and I've signed off. You can't imagine a leadership that would be this unaware or this stupid. There was a moment, Tom, and clearly Ray was briefed on this. He was ready for this. Congressman Getz was going after him and, and Getz was going after him pretty good. Um, See, I'm going I'm, I'm to interrupt now for the second time. You said he was well briefed. And my reaction, and I was only in Washington for four years, almost as a, as a, as a neophyte. You have lived and breathed in that sewer for uh, too long to mention. It struck me as though he was totally unprepared. Well, no, but you say— I mean, on uh, this one particular incident, okay. he was well right. briefed on how to fight back uh, against these congressmen. And they knew Getz would be one of the biggies, right? So uh, Getz is 
making some pretty pointed statements. And Ray, you could tell Ray, Ray leans forward a couple of times. He st- his lips start to move and he realizes, you know, cutting Getz off, that probably wouldn't be a good idea. So then he kind of backs off. When Getz is finally done, uh, the director leans forward and he says, well, Congressman, you might be interested in knowing that in the last year from your home state of Florida, uh, we have had uh, whatever it was, a 100 percent, a 500 percent. It might have been a thousand percent increase in the number of Floridians, brave Floridians who are applying to the FBI uh, in order to join uh, our organization in protecting America. And gets without a moment's hesitation, says, and I commend every one of those brave young men and women in my home state of Florida. I only wish they had leadership, sir, that was worthy of the sacrifices they're willing to make. With you, they don't have that leadership. But you got to... You are listening... I'm sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. I was going to say, that wasn't off the top of Ray's head. Somebody had said, when Getz starts giving you crap, giving this figure... Yeah, the figures which are totally unsupportable. The, what struck me, I was going to take a break, I'll make this point. What struck, I mean, the whole, again, I didn't watch all six hours. I might not be hospitalized, but I would need to be revived or resuscitated if I did. The, the, the notion that Christopher Ray uh, was unable to answer any of the questions, I think it was Jordan who dealt with... Uh, trying to turn Catholic priests into this country or, or, uh, you know, parish leaders into FBI informants, into plants. Uh, Jordan asked Director Ray, do you know how many Catholics there are in the United States? Ray said, no, no, I have no no idea. Well, 60 million. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot of Catholics. Uh, What percent of those do you think are extremists? Oh, well, I can't get into that. I wouldn't know. I, you know, I'm just the director of the FBI and we get all of our information from public sources and we're we track very carefully this one group that has made it its mission to find out extremists and of course this is a nonpartisan group that pr- produces very credible evidence it's called the Southern Poverty Law Center to which Jordan says oh you mean that that anti-conservative hate group out of uh, wherever they're from they're, they're it's just yeah, you know, I know you want to take a break and we need to take breaks and we're really bad at taking breaks and that's your responsibility and that's why I'm not going to pay you. But let me just, because I don't want to lose the moment, when they labeled Moms for Liberty an extremist group, immediately Democrats in the Philadelphia City Council tried to get the uh, Museum of the American Revolution to cancel that venue for Moms for Liberty, who was going to have their annual event there. Fortunately, they failed in that effort. Then the museum was vandalized by leftists, spray-painted with all kinds of things because they allowed fascists to meet at the museum. And the organization itself said that immediately after the reporting of the group the Southern Poverty Law Center, listing them as an extremist group, immediately after that hit the newspapers, that there was a significant uptick 
in hateful emails, death threats, threats to do bodily harm to the, the, the officers of the group and their families, etc. Nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about the center that the federal government under Biden is relying on to identify hate groups that say things that put people in danger, that that center is causing death threats and hatred aimed at conservative groups. Can we take a break? We can. We're going to take a break. You're listening to The Bower and Rose Show on Sirius XM, The Patriot, Channel 125. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back, everybody. Tom Rose, Gary Bauer with you. That would be Gary Bauer and uh, Tom Rose right here on Sirius XM. The Patriot Channel 125, the Bauer and Rose podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Margot Cleveland in The Federalist had a great piece on the Ray testimony, and there's a lot else to talk about, but this I thought was so uh, overwhelming that, that we're focusing almost exclusively on it today. And her piece was titled, So Much Ignorance, So Little Time. <laughs> Catchy. Uh, so much of yeah, so much of what Ray said was well, I mean, you want, I I think you have uh, dissembled very well that there was a, a dichotomy between his refusal to answer questions and then his uh, uh, plea of ignorance and then his spewing of of, of simple flat out falsehoods. I mean, he tried to come across as blissfully ignorant. But I think it came across as incredibly arrogant, entitled, smug. And to rephrase the very first question you asked when we started talking about this topic, what are we going to do about it? Yeah, I mean, it's all to naught, right? Unless we do something. And, you know, some people will. Yeah, this, this is this becomes the forever argument, Tom. You know, uh, conservatives win over the years I've been involved, you know, we'll, we'll win the Senate and, but we don't have the house. We don't have the white house. And people will say, well, Gary, you, you just got to have some patience. You know, we can't, we can't go all out because they'll use that and we won't get back the white house and, and the other body of Congress. And then we get the house, but we don't have the Senate. But Gary, we can't, the house can't act unless it gets the Senate. We have the house and the Senate, you know, Gary, you, you can't expect us to do anything. We don't have the white house. Uh, we get the White House, we got the House, and we have the Senate. Uh, Gary, we'll handle this in the third the third year. First, we got to get the things through that we've got widespread support on. We don't want to lead with the things that are very controversial. And then it gets a little closer. You know, Gary, we're within five months of another election. What do you want us to do? Lose the House and the Senate? It just is endless, Tom. And it's... You know, the, the things they say we've got a majority for, the things that they think is really politically smart, uh, you know, strong national defense, endless wars we don't win, uh, cut your mom's Social Security, uh, let's make sure the billionaire doesn't get his marginal tax rate up. Those are things, those are the least popular things 
on the Republican agenda. But on th- I think it's go ahead. No, I, I just think and you and I have talked about this endlessly. I just think a lot of that is driven by pure cowardice, the fear of being targeted, of being labeled, of being disapproved of by our establishment betters. Let's face it. They control the moral high ground of our society. They control every institution of cultural importance, be it government, be it media, be it uh, entertainment, uh, academia, uh, grade schools, high schools. Every key cultural metric in this country is controlled by left-wing forces, now particularly corporations, which are uh, making some colleges look like they're uh, John Birch societies. And you see it with the power of the federal government, you know, the, the, the Donald Trump non-existent P-tape versus Hunter Biden's real laptop. And what scares me, what concerns me is that it's so obvious, so obvious. I mean, 61 percent, according to an insights. And uh, what's the name of that um, TIPP, that polling agency? Right. Fifty nine or 60 percent uh, now believe the uh, uh, Biden bribe allegations. Well, if they're not true, let's let's investigate. Let's discuss it. I mean, if the allegations are false, let's prove them false. They won't even touch something that's red hot, that has a extremely high likely, uh, extremely an extremely high likelihood. Uh, likelihood of 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 being true, and they'll concoct something that is so preposterous that uh, it it beggars the mind, and drive that to ground, run that to ground for two and a half, three years, uh, with again without consequence. The guy who led that charge, Adam Schiff, is likely to be the next senator from California. Yeah, he's going to get promoted. Oh, I, I, absolutely. And and Republicans couldn't even unite to issue a meaningless. Non-enforceable censure resolution. Yep, absolutely, Tom. Yeah, we we went all out in the last election to we were so convinced we were going to hold all of our seats and win all the conservative leaning seats uh, that we then started spending resources to try to win seats that uh, that were basically blue seats. Uh, and it, you could argue, well, good thing we did because we we won five in New York. And because of that, we have a majority in the House because we lost a bunch of seats that we should have won that were reliably conservative seats. And then, Tom, there's this additional problem. You know, if, if you find a Democrat that is in the House or uh, represents a state and is in the United States Senate. And that is a left-wing state. Just no question about it. You know, good luck on the, the next time we'll carry California in a statewide election. Uh, or if that district is a reliably left-wing congressional district, the member representing that district will inevitably inevitably be as far left as you can imagine. But in the Republican Party, when we have a state like Alabama or Arkansas or uh, Tennessee, it has been a battle to get us to nominate really tough conservatives. Now, we've made progress but in Tennessee, one of the most reliably red states that we have had, they had a string of mush meat 
Republican senators forever. Now, we've, we've got a, a couple now that are worth writing home about. But it was a battle. You had to beat Mitch McConnell. You had to beat the, the finance wing of the Republican Party because they want these, you know, well, we prefer guys that can self-fund their campaign. Well, that means you're going to nominate some big, rich business guy who doesn't want to fight on any of the issues that really matter. So I, there are so many problems and we haven't overcome them. Look, Tom, I know some people are saying now, you know, we can't come across as being anti-FBI and anti-federal law enforcement. We won't win back the White House. Well, guess what, folks? We're not going to win the White House back unless we get this under control before the 2024 election. Because they're because stealing the FBI, an election again. Exactly. That's exactly right. I, you know, you mentioned Mitch McConnell. I will do something that neither of us have ever done on the Bower and Rose show. I will actually give a shout out to Mitch McConnell. Just reminded me this unprecedented attack on the legitimacy of the Supreme Court. President Obama, a week or so ago, when asked about the affirmative action ruling, uh, responded, um, is this a, the question was something like, is this a rogue court? And his response was, well, it's not a normal court. Mitch McConnell had a good line. He said, uh, you're right, Mr. President. It's not a normal court. It's the Supreme Court. And of course, that was the last we heard from anyone on our aisle defending the integrity of the court. And this this 4,000 word, which I'm, I hope you didn't read because you would be hospitalized, this 4,000 word smear against Clarence Thomas in the New York Times, I guess it was on Monday, maybe it was Tuesday, that uh, he needs to recuse, resign, obviously, uh, be impeached, or at least recuse himself from any court rulings because of his involvement in... Horatio Alger the, Society. Right, the Horatio Alger Society, which has been funded by the likes of Bill Gates, uh, Mark Zuckerberg... Um, Wait a minute. I thought Horatio but, Alger was a well-known white Christian nationalist. <laughs> <laughs> that that gives out, uh, what, $300 million worth of uh, educational scholarships to underprivileged kids. Yeah. Clarence Thomas has raised money for him. But their argument, I mean, that, you know, he has a vested interest in the court's rulings. Well, I got to be honest. I'm down in Florida. I'm just a citizen. I have a vested interest in every decision the Supreme Court makes. The notion is so preposterous that a citizen of this country isn't vested, that a Supreme Court justice of all people can't be relied upon. First of all, they don't, that's not their point. Their point is to delegitimize the court. Their point is to deracinate or eviscerate the power of the court so that it will lose more respect and credibility than it already has after 50 or 60 years of, of left-wing judicial activism. Their, their argument is so specious that they can't even they can't even come out and say what it is they really want, which is a, a rubber stamp court to validate any left-wing uh, social justice uh, movement on the part of, of, of any element in society. And you have, at the same time, allegations, not allegations, Truths uh, about Judge Sotomayor, who is the most liberal and most ignorant, by the way. Just really shocking how I'm not even a lawyer, but you, you read her stuff and it's all emotional. And um, how she's now actually pressuring law schools, law professors, law students 
to buy her books. That's fine, but Clarence Thomas can't be a member of the Horatio Alger Society because uh, there are some conservatives among the many liberals who have contributed to it. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, the typical uh, law school or law professor in most of these big, uh, you know, historic law schools, uh, reading one of her books is redundant. I mean, they, I mean, you can't. You can't brainwash somebody repeatedly. Once you brainwash them, you got them. Why would you have to read a book by her to keep the brainwashing up? I mean, they're all, it's the stuff of the books are the same junk they're being uh, taught in these law schools, uh, which, as we've talked about many, many times, Tom, every institution in America, medicine is broken because medicine is increasingly become um, uh, ideologically oriented. I saw a father uh, on uh, one of the social media platforms. He was clearly just an average guy. He was he was in his car and he goes, I, I had to pull over a second and just say something about this. I just got a call from my wife. My wife took our 10-year-old and 7-year-old sons to the doctor today and she just called me and told me that when we they were in the doctor's office, the doctor looks at our 10-year-old boy and says, what gender do you think you are? Do you believe you're a boy or a girl or in between or this or that? And she, he said, my, my wife exploded. And uh, I can only say this. If it's a good thing, it was not my turn to take him to the doctor because I'd be in jail right now. And all of this is mixed, Tom, with some pretty significant expletives. This is happening in every aspect of our lives. You, you I, I was just reading this morning, libraries. Your libraries used to be one of those great American institutions Every little town in America would save tax money and try to raise contributions so they could have their own library where everybody could go there and find books under the Dewey Decibel system and on history and all kinds of other things. The American Library Association uh, has been trending left forever. In last year, they just elected as their president a woman named uh, Emily Drabinsky, who, when she won, went on social media and said, I, I'm in shock that I won. I can't believe that they have elected an openly Marxist queer activist like me to run the American Library Association. That's who's running the, the group. This group has just been given a million dollars by an undisclosed donor to fight parents and taxpayers all over America to keep the LGBTQ books flowing into your local library, the critical race theory books flowing into the library, the climate change books flowing into the local library. Tom, we are, the country is being taken over step by step. We've spent the, almost the whole show talking about how it appears federal law enforcement has been taken over. So we're on our way to losing the country. And in the process, we're going to lose our freedom. We're going to lose our children. 
We're going to lose every reason we're Americans. The hour is late. And I would say to my friend Tim Scott, Senator Scott, he's a godly man. He is a fellow Christian. He's going all over the place. I know he thinks it's a good idea. I, I, maybe he's prayed about this, and maybe he thinks God's laid this on his heart. On his heart, He's going all over the place saying, our best days are still ahead. There's, we, we're the country we've always been. We just have to, you know, rally around the flag and rally around God and rally around him. Everything's going to be fine. I know you're hungry for it. I'm the president that can do it. My God, he will be cut back, cut down in the battle the second day and he's in office. He's in office. If he actually believes this is the same country it always was, and we have nothing to worry about. We just need to elect some good, godly people, and that'll do it by itself. You know, and unless they're um, David, little David's ready to go fight Goliath and and risk it all, just electing a few godly men is not going to change it either. I I mean it, I. I, I I don't know I don't know what to say to people that act like it's it's the same America it always was. Look, if it's the same America it always was, this doofus in the Oval Office, with everything we know about him and everything people see with their own eyes, wouldn't still be able to maintain an approval rating of forty percent of the American people. No, and we're going to lose our approval rating from 99% of our listeners if we don't sign off say sayonara yeah I agree well how symbolic because America's in the process of saying sayonara <laughs> oh god oh god it's you know it's always such a delight to listen to your uplift and your well you were complaining I'd become less pessimistic than you so. I know I know you're absolutely right it's absolutely right I, I have made and I want to make it clear Tom as you sign off I want I would love it if every powerful position in America it, it w- was occupied by godly men and women from school teachers to librarians to corporation presidents to every member of Congress to every president from here on maybe if every position had that we would be able to turn the country around but what godly men and women find whether they're in corporations libraries the Congress or the Senate is Every day is a battle against ungodly forces, and those people are battling for keeps. And there's nothing that will stop them other than a big dose of courage. And there's nothing that will stop Bauer from going on at the mouth other than me saying, Goodbye. We're out of time. (laughs) So have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Make sure you recommend us to all your friends. Hit the subscribe button. And give us a good rating, despite Bauer. Give us a good rating. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. You have a great week, folks. 